Hello, and welcome to this special re-event edition of our podcast. We are behind the curtain, Emily and Dave. And today, I am happy to have Tarun Rai Madan, Senior Product Manager for AWS Lambda, one of the developer favorites, uh, for this episode to talk about AWS Lambda Snapstart. So, Tarun, thank you for coming to the podcast. Thanks, uh, Dave and Emily, for hosting me. Really appreciate it. So, can you share... Uh, I, I want to get into the exciting launch, but I just want to know a little bit about your background and your journey to the cloud. How did you How did you get to AWS? Yeah, I'd, I'd, it's it's a fascinating uh, journey, and love to share more about it. So, long story short, I am an engineer uh, turned product manager, pursued an undergrad in electrical and computer engineering back in India, uh, where I spent about six years in the semiconductors design research and development for silicon chips, uh, the chips that fundamentally power your servers in cloud, something that we build now, uh, mobile phones and autonomous vehicles. And I think along the way, both from my successes and failures, I realized that great technical products or awesome technical products uh, require a combination of engineering innovation, uh, having great empathy for our customers and identifying the right product market uh, fit. Acting on this curiosity, moved to US to pursue my business school, uh, very much wanting to take up a role at the intersection of uh, marketing, finance, and engineering, uh, and most importantly, our customers. Uh, and I'm fortunate enough to have to be part of pursuing this passion for the last two years at AWS, even more so at Lambda, which abstracts away a lot of that overhead that customers uh, traditionally have dealt with in building applications. Yeah, you got that. It's interesting. You and I talked about this a little bit off camera, but you got that bug. Like you're, you're doing the hard stuff. You're creating these chips, the silicon, and you're like, what's the human being like that's using this? Exactly. Right. Like you're saying, I, it's funny. Little little Dave history. So when uh, I went to college back in the 1800s, they didn't have a lot of things. There 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 wasn't even an internet internet back then. And so it was like, you could do computer science or computer engineering. So I did computer engineering. That's what I was accepted to. And uh, like I toured facilities, I was in the full gear. Cause when you create these silicon things, it's like, you know, you're in this, this sterile environment and everything. And I was learning all about electrical engineering and JK flip-flops and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, is this gonna be my life? Uh, I wanna, I like, I wanna talk to people. I, I started switching to computer science and then I wound up graduating with a Bachelor of Arts of Information Systems. So the fact that you went from that background, you have that technical background, and then you moved all the way to the US and then took a business degree, I think shows that kind of customer obsession. And uh, you're definitely in the right role at the right time for that. Uh, and I, I appreciate you being here. Yep, and, and like we were discussing earlier, I think having seen what uh, AWS does in the cloud, so I was I was telling you earlier, I'm a big Formula One fan, uh, and AWS is like a lot of those insights are actually powered by AWS. So I was always actually curious on what is it that goes under the hood, uh, right? And so being here with the people who are building those insights, I think it's like a dream come true in a lot of ways for me. That's amazing. Who's your favorite driver or team? My I have two favorites. Like one is Charles Leclerc, who is a Ferrari driver, and the yeah. other is Mac Max Verstappen. He's a Red Bull uh, yeah. driver. I'm always conflicted because Red Bull is powered by another cloud, uh, and Ferrari is 
by AWS. So, but I love both of them. I like What's your favorite car? I like to call Sorry, him Emily. Max Verstappen. Verstappen, yeah. Back, Max Verstappen. Yeah. You mean Formula One car? Yeah. <laughs> or even in general. Let's say, let's say, and you can keep it within a monetary area, but if, if you were given, if you had a day to do whatever you want and Emily came down from the sky and said, I'm going to give you the ability to drive any car in the world. I'm a car angel. I love this. You're a car angel. I thought about it from the other episode where you said you're not a Twitter fairy every time somebody says Twitter. So now I'm going to make you car fairy because <laughs> the image is in my head. So you know, what would you drive? And where would you drive it? Would you drive it on track? Or would you want something like you want to go down the Autobahn? Super curious. It, it, it's, it's, uh, I hope it's OK if I give a totally uh, hypothetical answer to what I would do. I think I would love, if I were given the option, I would love to drive the current Red Bull. Uh, it's called RB18, the uh, Formula One car. And I would love to drive it on the street circuit of Monaco. It's it's a super challenging oh, yeah. circuit in that it's like a street circuit where you literally can't overtake. And so there's every probability you'll crash into a barrier. And that's something that just fascinates me. Uh, it's it's a place called Monte Carlo with casinos yeah. around. And that's yeah. uh, it's from Iron Man. That's where he was driving in the race. Yeah, the bad guy came. I won't spoil anything. It's only like eighteen year old movie now. <laughs> Iron Man two, actually, someone's going to correct me. Yeah, I would love, I would love to do that if I if I uh, get a chance. And hopefully, I will someday. Ah, uh, you will. And, and you know, you're 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 speaking to someone. This now, this is my jersey route showing, but I am on the wait list for a 2024 Mustang uh, GT. Wow. Yeah, I know I should be living the hype of uh, buying the M2 like every other guy my age. Uh, and I have a couple friends with M2s that are already like it's going to be half a second faster than your Mustang. So we may hit the track. That's, That's awesome. I mean, awesome. What would you choose? Me? Yeah. Oh gosh, Emily, put me on, me on the spot. No one cares what I was going to choose because I'm not. I'm not a Formula One uh, person. I have actually you been. I, I have driven. I have driven, and and this is kind of just because I grew up with this. Was the car like a Lamborghini Countach was like the one, and I have driven it. Um, well, just a little bit. I sat in and hit the gas and went a couple feet. <laughs> When I was younger, and I stood in line to be able to do it, but it was it was fantastic, and like the clutch, everything's on the and it was on the steering wheel, and yeah. it, it, was, it was just like such a surreal experience. It has that that uh, there's a word for it in Italian that's just like it's it's like this experience. So anyway, I love it. Yep. Well, would you drive, Emily? Thanks for asking. Um, oh <laughs> well, you're already on. You're already riding horses at the ranch. You're not caring about cars and all the exhaust. <laughs> Wow. You've got the shotgun on the back, and you've got the couple. Of you're out there with the cowboy. I already this. We've already discussed this. Yeah. Why would you have a ranch out in in Colorado, or a, a car? Uh, because why not? Have you seen the show Yellowstone? She drives Mercedes and. Um, oh no! Yeah, you keep telling me to watch Yellowstone, and I, I had know. not. I know. I, I have I'll, a I'll lot get to in it. common with that character. Um, I would like a 1925 Rolls Royce Phantom. If you've never seen this car, I think yeah. it's the most beautiful car that's ever existed. May not I'm going to look it up now. I have to look it up then. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Speaking of fast starts, 
Lambda snap. Yeah, I love that. Look at what you did there. I know. It's like I'm good at this or something. It's wild. Um, so AWS Lambda Snapstart, it's a performance opti optimization, correct? Tell us about it. Exactly. It is, like you said, it is a performance optimization. Uh, but it's not just uh, like an incremental optimization. Like It's kind of a significant optimization or performance improvement that we've achieved using very novel uh, way of like innovation under the hood and i'm happy to uh, walk you through that so just to give you a, a, a one liner of what the feature is it's a cool capability that we are offering for java functions at this launch we'll call it uh, snapstart for java and it's a performance optimization developed by aws that delivers up to 10x faster function startup times for latency sensitive uh, applications right uh, and so you before you even ask it, I'm going to anticipate you're going to ask me what exactly is a startup time, right? <laughs> well done. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes. Uh, and so why should I care about it? Yeah. Right? And uh, and then we, you, people often talk, use the word cold starts, right? How does it relate to that? Uh, right? And how does it relate to this feature? So I think it's important to have that context to understand uh, the the novelty that we've built here. To give you more context, so when an application starts up, let's say something leveraging uh, a serverless Lambda function, which is what Lambda offers, right? They go through the initialization and initialization. This initialization process can vary depending on which language runtime you've written, Java, Python, and so on. Uh, and this happens every time the traffic to your application scales up where Lambda or any service for that matter is required to create a new execution environment to serve a request. So I, I know I talk, introduced initialization and I'm going in layers now. And so you might ask what exactly is this initialization? It's <laughs> yeah. not, it's right. Uh, I think that's the, that is at the core of what is startup performance. Initialization is nothing but a series or a sequence of steps where uh, Lambda service or any service it downloads your code, starts your runtime, uh, say Java, uh, and runs your initialization code. Given the number of, given a range of diverse frameworks that a language such as Java could have, this initialization itself can be an overhead. It might take 10 seconds, up to 10 seconds or more, uh, right? And this is where the problem lies for your applications that require frequent scaling, like a spiky pattern. Think of flash, flash sales, right? Where the traffic spikes up all of a sudden. For such applications, uh, which are latency sensitive, uh, right? Typically, these are the interactive workloads, synchronous microservices. The delay that this initialization leads to a suboptimal experience for customers. Uh, and this delay that I alluded to earlier is called a cold start. These applications uh, will now benefit from uh, a faster performance, much better performance with uh, with Snapstart. So okay. that that is what the high level of this feature is. I'm happy yeah. to go into like what how exactly it works under the hood because that is actually the cool part. Uh, yeah, I was just gonna. I want to dive into that, but I also wanted to ask like, how are people dealing with this now? I mean, I'm sure latency sensitive Java applications are as old as Java. Um, so how do you yeah. handle it <laughs> currently? Exactly. 
exactly i think it's a fair point in terms of what is it today that people do right yeah. uh, when snapchat hasn't existed uh, so typically like like i said it is a real source of uh, pain for our customers because they will see these outlier latency so you think of being on a streaming app or something where you still see the progress bar or the page loading right and so awful customer experience uh, and so what customers typically do today uh, is they broadly have these two themes or two options that they use the first one is a feature that lambda provides it's called provisioned concurrency uh, what this speech what this and i i'll go back to the point where i explained the initialization latency being a problem for customers right what this feature does is it keeps your functions initialized and hyper ready to respond to requests in double digit milliseconds but at a cost uh, right so the fact that i've kind of kept a ton of those execution environments initialized for you depending on what you configured and hyper ready it helps you get rid of those cold starts however uh, there's an inherent challenge by design that comes here first you pay a cost for that right and the second you might have configured a certain capacity for a certain duration but you might actually not end up using uh, right because you didn't see that spike so there is this in simple language there is a utilization problem uh, as well that we see right and this is the first uh, option that customers typically use today the second one is where customers build their own optimizations uh, you know to refactor their code uh, themselves so so that a lot of that initialization is uh, hap happens ahead of time or it's it's kind of primed that way one of such offerings called graal vm it involves compiling java applications uh, ahead of time so while these two themes uh, are, are the big ones that we hear from customers mitigating cold starts today is costly or time consuming or both for our customers right and that's why that's where we identified this customer need to really go and build something that addresses this this challenge out of the box for them and that's what snapstart is all about i love it I, i so how did you do it how exactly did snapstart solve all this yeah so that, that i think that is the heart of what what we've built And of so, what you're allowed to actually say <laughs> yeah. Put you on the spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah no 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 I, i meant in the way uh, some of those 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 technologies already exist it's just that they haven't been leveraged the way uh, we are doing it with with snaps start right so there's an open source technology called firecracker which lambda has built it's a virtualization technology uh, you know that helps build very secure isolated environments and that's what we've leveraged to offer this feature so under the hood and i'm sorry i keep going back to the initialization word i i hope it doesn't become repetitive but but you know like i mentioned earlier the time it takes to initialize a function's code today is the pro- predominant contributor to cold starts or the high startup latency right and this initialization happens when your function uh, scales up during invocations or during a spiky uh, you know traffic snapstart essentially involves performing this initialization ahead of time when you deploy your function instead of when you scale up your invocations right so what lambda does is when you deploy your function i'll initialize it right there and then take a snapshot of that initialized 
configuration or an initialized execution environment, encrypt that snapshot and cache it for low latency access. Uh, subsequently, when your application starts up or it scales up to handle like additional traffic, I'll not actually initialize your environment from scratch. I'll simply reuse the snapshot that I had created to checkpoint most of the work that's already been done. And I'll just resume from that snapshot uh, and run your code. So if you see the, when the invocation comes, long story short, when on the invocation, instead of initializing from scratch, I've basically replaced it with a much smaller resume phase uh, by resuming from a snapshot. And it's all managed under the hood uh, by Lambda, the caching, the managing of the snapshots and resuming. And so customers essentially see nothing. Uh, all of this cool stuff that's happening under the hood. I love it. I, uh, so I've got a story to share. It's just, it's bringing me back. So yeah. there's, this is, uh, this is early, early internet days. There's a site, uh, called microwarehouse.com. It was also macwarehouse.com and datawarehouse.com. So this is like 96. I'm working on this, uh, competing against amazon.com, which was running on cold fusion at the time. And there was another developer, this guy, yeah. Harry Bauer, who's now at AWS on uh, working on our code suite. And at the time, a lot, everything was ISAPI filters. And a lot of the audience may, may remember this time. So it was all CAC++. But if there was an internet information server, 1.0, that would run on Windows NT, 3.5 or 4.0, that Microsoft did. And there was this little language that you could do in something called VBScript, and it was called Active Server Pages, right? So this is early, like, you could do, they, Microsoft had their own version called JScript, which was like JavaScript, which was actually LiveScript, that whole internet history, right? Not, not like languages today, but you could do it server-side. And Microsoft made this thing called .NET, and it was compiled. ASP was interpretive, right? And so we had this thing scaling, uh, especially at Christmas. We actually hit a million orders in a day before Amazon did. It was, it was a big thing, right? So we were like, okay, let's upgrade ASP.NET. <laughs> And it's exactly what you said. The first hit, anytime there was any pages, any changes to pages, the first hit, it had to compile. So they introduced this thing called page caching. And I remember when we discovered it, because it wasn't in the documentation yet. This is like a 1.0 beta. And we were all down in this place in Baltimore, stress testing the site. We're like, this is like, we created all these classes. We created all this stuff. It's, it's amazing code-wise. And it runs at like one-tenth of the speed. Uh, and then we found this little thing you could put in a meta tag in the, in the server side that would do page caching, which is exactly what you're saying. Uh, yeah. and it would hit the page for you automatically. You were pre-compiled before the first customer there, and then it just flew. And, uh, thank you for letting me reminisce. Cause this totally reminds me of that, that same thing. Wow. Uh, how, do, how does, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I was just wrapping up that it's starkly similar uh, to what we, we kind of explained and, and, and customers do it in different ways. Right. I think the, uh, it's also pertinent to understand the differentiation here. The fact that typically customers would have to either over provision capacity or invest in building these op optimizations, right? It, it was kind of an overhead. It is kind of an overhead for customers, which a customer doesn't want to do. They just want it out of the box, everything to work, everything to work seamlessly. Right. And I think that is the differentiation we offer where this feature is nothing but like with a simple click, you're good to go.
there's, there's minimal to no code change that you actually require to do. And I think that's the biggest piece around simplicity uh, that is at the core of Lambda's philosophy. Oh, nice. So like, how do I, as a developer, enable this? When you were saying it's like one click, is it is it a function? Is there a cost associated to it? Yeah, that's a, that, that's, uh, that's an important part, actually. So to enable Snapstart, all you need to do is just in your function level configuration, there's a click button. Uh, there'll be a snap start. There'll be new snap start parameters that will show up. You just click on edit, turn it on. It's just a toggle. Save it. You're good to go. From there on, when you publish a version, that is when you deploy your function. We'll create the snapshot under the hood. Once it's ready, uh, once we've created it, you're good to go. There's nothing else customers need to do. And the coolest thing about this is there's no cost additional cost associated with this feature. So the existing pricing model uh, stays as is. That's fantastic. Is there a plan for other runtimes at all? We talked about Java. Um, what about the future? Yeah, that's that, that's something I hear uh, often. The fact, that, yeah, the fact that Java, uh, given its dependency injection and the fact that it's a dynamic language, a lot of those things, they make the cold starts on Java uh, quite painful or the most painful from what from for what it's worth and so we decided to start off with java to actually demonstrate the power of you know what we are building and then going forward as we launch with java keep getting customer feedback we will uh, we'll, we'll listen to our customers and enable uh, support other runtimes uh, going forward that's fantastic um what are you looking forward to what's got you excited lately could be at work could be personal could be global whatever i think right now uh, the, the piece I'm most excited about is uh, reInvent because it's going to be my first reInvent at AWS. Having having lived oh, wow. in the pandemic, having graduated in the middle of a pandemic, uh, yeah, and having been virtual mo most of or pretty much all of my post-pandemic or post-graduation uh, time at AWS, I'm really looking forward to actually being in person with a lot of those customers, champions, uh, to hear what customers have to say about uh, our service and especially uh, like the feature itself. I think I'm really excited, stoked to hear that. That's awesome. Well, I hope to see you there. I'm excited too. It's my second one. Um, so all good things, hopefully. It's my 10th. <laughs> like it's all uh, I'll be at the bar. It's, I'll be at the bar. <laughs> you, you're a, yeah. I love it. <laughs> um, Tarun, thank you so much for joining. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you. I, I really appreciate uh, you folks having me, you hosting me. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, sir. This was great.